Hello, everybody. My name is Sebastian. I'm Alan. And you are watching right now first episode of our brand new series, Destination Eurovision Memories. And with us, one and only, phenomenal and loved by many, Zoe from Austria 2016. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Zoe, thank you so much for joining us. And our plan is to start with the something which stay in the minds of many, many people all around the world. So we're gonna once again watch your performance from Stockholm 2016. Lights go out and your three minutes in the grand final of Eurovision Song Contest started. What's, what's in your mind on this very, very moment after many, many months of participation oh, of waiting? I, I don't really know. I think it was kind of like excitement, but also blank. Like I wasn't, I mean, I was shaking. I think you can see that I'm a bit shaky, but it was just the whole feeling because like the audience is amazing. And um, yeah, it's just, I wasn't that kind of like afraid at all. I was very happy to be there because the, yeah, the whole, the audience was cheering and it gives so much energy. And I wasn't thinking about like being live in front of, so many viewers on television. I didn't think about that at that moment. I just, I just really enjoyed. And I remember at the day before there were the judges. Um, so I was really trying to like give my best vocally, but that night, like the grand final, I was just really enjoying every moment and having so much fun and remembering those things <laughs> with the flowers. And I just really, really enjoyed it. It was amazing. What did you like the most about the performance? Like, is there anything that you would change if you had the opportunity to? Huh. I mean, I always wanted to wear like kind of big gown like this and, mm. and, and live my princess dream, but of course also uh, my professional dream of being at Eurovision. So I think like already by standing there in the grand final, that was like my goal. Because uh, I was scared that I would like be eliminated in the semi-final because that's always it. There was a thing back then with Austria. You never knew it wasn't a sure entry to be for the grand final. So when that was achieved, I was just uh, already living the dream. So that was already what I wanted. That's why I was kind of relaxed because I didn't think about I need to be in the top five or top 10 or top 15. I, think I, I didn't care about that. I was just, okay, not, maybe not last, but <laughs> just to be there in the grand final was already enough satisfaction for me. and. Uh, to show this performance to so many people and uh, yeah, I was just living the dream right now in that moment. I mean, I, I obviously enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So please tell me, how many points from 1 to 10 you will give yourself and your team for this presentation? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the team for the presentation, I mean, I can give those kind of points. I couldn't rate myself because uh, I'm pretty sure I would, I, I, I just can't. That's a weird thing to do, but I think I was happy with my performance. I didn't listen to it that many times because oh. it's always weird to watch yourself on stage. Uh, what, I, what I really liked to watch actually was when they gave out the points from the televote and I, I already thought like it was not going well with the judges votes and I was not down but I was just waiting there drinking my white wine and like come on it has to be something and then I remember the points in that moment when I rewatch it when I just stood up and the whole area arena was cheering for me, uh, I, I, yeah, I did that. I watched sometimes maybe, but not my performance. But I, I think because we had this vision about this um, dreamy um, fairy tale style, which was not meant to look realistic, but that kind of in a 
the supernatural way. And I think that the team uh, they achieved it very well. I love my outfit, I love the hair, I love the little crown thing. So I was very happy and I felt very comfortable. And I, but I c could never rate. Like it's just too. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe like. No, I can't do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> it's too hard to do that. Okay, we understand it very well. Don't worry at all. <laughs> yeah, the one of the most original and retaste performances from the Eurovision history. Many people mm. said this, so congratulations once again because we have That's 2020 and we're still coming back, many of us, to watch it once again. All right, so right now we're gonna start with the questions which were asked by your fans, by our editorial team. We have some of them. So let's okay. go through once again from memory lane. What would be the most funny story from your time at Eurovision? Hmm. Like something funny that happened. I'm just trying to remember. Oh, what did you find there funny? There were so many things happening everywhere. Yeah. But I, I don't know if I can tell this, but you know, like we were like with, uh, I'm just going to be honest now. I'm, I'm old enough to talk about stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> I have a child. <laughs> but um, back then it was like, professional singers everywhere like being very strict only drinking water and tea and I remember like the Austrian delegation there was like no I don't know because like we were everybody was really 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 strict with, with um, like not drinking alcohol or not smoking and I was a bit of a bad girl like maybe it didn't look like that because I was there in my princess dress with the right crown all in pink and I had like a little glass of wine and a cigarette and for me there was just like nobody thought that like the what the, the, the Disney princess girl is gonna be standing up <laughs> no I'm not nervous so that was not not on the grand final of course but during the I don't know I don't know if I should have told that story but yeah that was um, the truth and I think it's okay so I'm fine and uh, it was fun so I didn't get drunk just to make it clear but just like a little <laughs> zip sometimes I think it's okay Nobody won't implicate it to you, so don't worry. <laughs> so don't worry at all. How about the most emotional moment from this whole time of Eurovision 2016? Hmm. For me personally, uh, I mean, it was getting into the grand final because so many, like you had these interviews every day, everybody saying, oh, do you think you're going to be in the final? And oh. always being scared because you never knew, like the betting odds were changing and you, you just didn't know, nobody knew for sure. And all this uh, joy, like finally being able to like relax somehow because the others who went to the final, they were like, oh God, now I have to be in top five because they were like pretty up, high up in the batting odds. But for me and for some other contestants, we were just like, yeah, we made it. Like I remember we just, we just celebrated as, we, as if we would have won because that was just like, well, amazing. And, and I remember, I think I cried there because I couldn't believe it. And that was just really emotional. And the final was just a lot of fun. It was just really, but the, the semi-final, the relief, the relief to just finally been. No, and there was another moment when I was in the Eurovision Cafe. And for the first time, I think, because I, I mean, I sang in Austria, but nobody cared that much back there. <laughs> and then finally I started singing Grand Ici, and I remember the people just taking over the crowd and even knowing the lyrics to um, like the chorus as well, but the whole song in French. And I was just like so 
uh, yeah, I think it, uh, there were many videos and then people started screaming my name and I cried because I felt like a, like a superstar for one night and that was just uh, a wonderful feeling. Uh, but also with always in the back of my head, it's Eurovision. <laughs> back at home, it's not going to be like that, but just enjoy the moment. Yeah. What was your favorite rehearsal and why? I think, not very spectacular story, but the first time we had our in-ears, because we all had like in-ears where we heard the music and the voice and everything, because you have to wear them. And I remember the first time when I got backstage to get this checked out, to rehearse for the first time with the in-ears. And I, and I know that's always pretty hard to find the right, uh, how do you say, like a little re reverb on the voice and, and the, the, everything should be perfect. And I thought, oh my God, because I don't like in-ears because it's so hard and you don't feel, uh, the audience you don't hear yourself from outside you just hear yourself and it's, it usually takes a long time to, to put it in the right uh, way so that the singer is satisfied but I remember going in there and it was already the preset was like perfect because they knew what singers wanted what they need to hear and for me that was just oh my god this is like so professional I love it I love it I love it I love it and it was so much fun yeah so that was my favorite rehearsal actually most memorable interesting question or interview you have in this time I mean, I have to admit, like after some time, it was mostly like the questions kind of were repeated because everybody wanted to know, are you nervous? You're going to perform in front of 200,000 people, a million people, God. That's <laughs> <laughs> still unbelievable. Are you nervous? How do you feel? What do you expect? Um, but it was always fun because it were, the interviewers were like, like personalities. It wasn't just like somebody who didn't care because you, you just know when you're in the Eurovision community, uh, everybody who works there, they're really interested. It's not just like, how do you feel? What are your goals? That they just really care. So all the questions were kind of, it wasn't boring, although it was most of the time like similar. But um, I, I really enjoyed it. I can I cannot really point out one one interesting question. I think now like the most like question I heard the most was why in French. Uh, <laughs> it was like uh, the the main question. And so I, I realized in one interview, they didn't ask me that. I don't remember which one, but I just really, I just loved that they didn't ask me because I was like already, because anyways, you always try to refresh, to say it in a fresh way, to not be boring. But after a time, you like, you ran out of, of, of new ways to explain why you sang in French. Like the, the answer was like, I don't know. <laughs> it just happened. And uh, so, yeah, but I, I, I can't really pick out one particular question that was like I mean of course there were some harsher questions which are always interesting to answer because then you can like say okay you you're trying to get me to say something that I maybe don't want to say and you just have a bit fun to to go around and turn the question but it's usually stressful <laughs> so I, just, I but I actually really enjoyed giving the interviews because I like to talk as you can tell by talking to me like I'm really comfortable talking yeah <laughs> Were there any memories from the Eurovision red carpet that like stand out for you? Yeah, like before the red carpet, I uh, <laughs> I think I told that story although because everybody had like um, somebody to come with the delegation who would do your, like, your makeup or your hair and I didn't have that with me. I had other people because I had my boyfriend and my whole family. So it wasn't, uh, so I had to do my hair and my makeup myself. And I was very nervous because uh, I was like almost too late and then I wanted to like use my hairspray and it actually was a, a shaving foam from my boyfriend and I put that in my hair and then it was all sticky. I was like, oh my God, like we only have like half an hour to go. 
there uh, and I just brushed it out and everybody was looking perfectly and I had like little bits of uh, uh, shaving foam in my hair but I guess still really enjoyed it and sorry that was my cat um, and also yeah I really loved the dress it was like I mean the dresses for me I, I remember I thought oh my god I'm overdressed I'm overdressed but actually it just went with the whole idea of my song and of, of me like being there at that moment I was like feeling that princess vibe I mean but I, I was like am I really overdressed because everybody was like so elegant and I was there in my big gown princess uh, poofy and I, but I loved it I loved it so I felt comfortable I think it would be weird uh if you wouldn't feel comfortable in it but it was my choice so um yeah it was, it was really cool uh, you already touched this topic a little bit but I can I will ask again um everybody who was going to Eurovision have some things in his mind what was the what the, in their mind what they're gonna saw what Eurovision looks like behind the scene but what's your memories and what's your feelings when you for the first time see how this big machine working I mean I don't know how it was the other years because I, I believe that in Stockholm everything was very organized apparently in Vienna it was like that as well but I don't know because I wasn't wasn't there but I can imagine like in other countries maybe because of course Sweden is used to hosting the song contest they've done it so many times and you just saw and also like what I saw like the Swedish people were very much like German and Austria like very organized with everything and being punctual and always on time and everything so that was really really professionally organized and it was uh security was like uh it was always like a big thing to go pass through the security also to go to the eurovision cafe uh i remember once um they wouldn't let us through because they had my dress in a big bag and they uh they didn't believe us that it was i don't know a dress from the show so it was very 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 organized and very strict which is good because you have to be careful um but like my first impression was like it was crazy because you went in there in this big hall where there were like some boxes for every country for every delegation and everybody was just singing their songs like constantly because practice of course you do that mm. that's normal but it's just being in a room with so many talented people and you just hear all the time and like, and it was it was crazy how I, I had Armenia close to me so that's what I heard and uh, it was so much live so much music so much energy um, but I remember I couldn't stop that I, like I, I went crazy with Ron DC because I just wanted to keep it fresh and you already sang it so many times so I started like always when I was rehearsing my voice just warming up I sang some Beatles songs with my dad just to bring a bit of a change because by a point song and uh, it's nice but you just yeah I mean it was too much wrong you see for me after one point and I still wanted to enjoy <laughs> being on stage yeah. but everything was really I mean the delegations it was separated like it was not that easy I think for me to um, build like really like talk to everybody because it was delegation 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 and of course I had like kind of my family with me my boyfriend and my dad so uh, forming relationships because every second is planned you have to be there you have to be there you have to be there it's, you don't have really because usually you think there's so many singers and musicians there you should like talk to each other because you're all in the same you're all experiencing the same thing but actually there wasn't that much time to do that which is kind of sad because 
I'm pretty sure they, uh, that we would all have gotten along very well together because we're all uh, inspired musicians being in Eurovision. So you have a lot to talk about. But uh, yeah, but I have a very great and fond memory of the whole backstage thing because um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, I liked my delegation, I liked the Austrian delegation. Was, uh, I felt comfortable, I felt very, uh, I don't know, I liked it. But of course there were some, artists for them it was too much the whole interview or the whole like everybody wanting something from you but i was in such a bubble i just it just kind of worked and i enjoyed it i don't know yeah was there anyone specifically that you did manage to form like some sort of friendship relationship with i'm like i mean the thing is what sometimes happens is that um like things are not stage, but you try to get a picture of like three artists and like yeah. for the picture, and then it's super awkward because after the picture, like, hi, hi, I'm Zoe, and like, yeah, hi, I'm Allah. And then it's just kind of, what do we say? Because it's such an unnatural way to meet people through taking a picture together or an interview together. But I remember like Polly, we, uh, we, we, we saw her also years later on a Eurovision party, and then we kind of managed to, to finally like party together and get to know each other. So that was a lot of fun. It was in Madrid. And um, who else? Like, I mean, it also depended, like, uh, I, and then I think Cyprus was like a band, and we kind of bonded because they were smoking as well. Oh, God, I'm too honest. And um, I don't know, like, it was it wasn't that easy because uh you didn't have so much time but after later when we met other also other contestants from austria that i met later like nathan or also conchita of course uh we managed through other events to get to know each other more and then you see okay you have so much in common because you've all been through a similar experience of course not conchita because they went way bigger but still um back then it was there was so much happening i don't know how it was for other people but for me like i didn't I would I would lie if I would say yes, I'm best friends with Francesca because we couldn't be bonding because there was no time. But I'm sure if I met one of them now, like private and just through another event, there would be a lot of talk because we, we had we have so much in common kind of because we yeah. experienced the same thing. People organizing Eurovision concert, you know what to do right now. Please invite Zoe and other artists to make a bond. This is the number one rule from this interview. All right, uh, maybe tough question, but your favorite songs and performances from this Eurovision 2016 from other artists than you? I wouldn't name myself anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, wait, let me, let me think. Because I'm always, I actually really, uh, I because I was in San, I'm having the Eurovision songs from this year in my head right now. Yeah. So that's of course like, uh, I have to get back, but. I mean, a lot, many of them, um, but I'm, I'm like mixing everything up because it's been so long. Uh, I mean, I love Polly's song. I love Bulgaria. I really like the pre-chorus. And I think that this year Bulgaria should have won, like this year, like 2020. Like, that's my opinion, if you're going to ask this, because <laughs> it was my favorite. Um, so back then it was already very good and probably was amazing. Um, then I love Francesca Michelin's song. I really like that. I really love the, because I, I like her music in general. I listened because she gave us a CD and then I listened to it I, in the car and it was, I really like her, her style of music. Um, 
like really I should have prepared myself and re-listened to everything but I'm sure I'm forgetting something important but it's been four years and there have been so many acts in between as well that huh? like stood out kind of because they're more the talks but yeah I'm just gonna save uh, Polly and Francesca like Italy and Bulgaria if that's okay and I'm sorry for everybody else I'm not <laughs> reminding myself but that's what comes to my mind. What did the Eurovision journey like give you? What was like the biggest advantage or the disadvantage? Okay. Um, <laughs> for me, I I I think I met so many people and I just went through such a stressful time, which I realized that I really like that job and I wouldn't have I wouldn't mind having uh, interviews and and being at, I don't know on stage and and singing and working and, and being constantly somewhere I, I actually realized okay that's really what i want to do because i of course i want i want to do that but to experience for once just how it would be if it really worked out so that for me uh, was an advantage for myself i think i've grown a lot through this time because uh, i mean i was 19 so that's also you never stop learning but that's like a big like a very important time i feel and um, disadvantage, I don't know, like for me, I'm also a lot into acting and, I act, and I've acted before. And I don't know if that's an Austrian thing, but for me, it was a bit harder after Eurovision to prove that I'm more than Eurovision. Like, I'm, of course, Eurovision is very big, but it's one part. But I'm also, when, when I do my concerts, there is no pink, big dress. Uh, because that was me back then. That was what I loved to do. But of course, you're always transitioning. And I am I'm mostly wearing black when I'm on stage because it's flattering. Yeah. <laughs> and also, it's uh, just like more down, like it's, it's so much smaller. And I like giving small concerts as well because you have this very intimate feeling, which is something completely different from Eurovision. But what I realized is that you can get with, if you have 20 people or 2,000 people, you, you it, can be possible to create a similar energy that's not the same but a lot of energy it's going to be a different one but i i'm, I'm glad that i experienced both of those energies because it's always work between the audience and an artist it's it's a collaboration i don't know it, it, one doesn't work without the other and it's amazing to to have seen that but i i kind of felt that two years three years after that two years it was for me a bit harder to in Austria say that yes I went to Eurovision and it was amazing but I also did a film before and I, I and I like that and I think I can do it so please give me a chance and they were saying yeah no but they don't want you because you've been at Eurovision so that was like why it's like isn't it good to be multiple things and to be uh, on stage and to have experienced that but I think now it's um, yeah, four years have passed and the Eurovision community hopefully still remembers me, but I feel like in Austria, this, uh, it's, it's kind of, I'm trying not to only be associated because if somebody asks me about Eurovision, I'm very happy to talk about it, but I'm also happy like in, in Austria, if somebody asks me about other projects, because I think one is more and an artist is more than just one thing. And if it wouldn't be Eurovision, it would be something else, but uh, it's such a huge thing, but I don't regret anything. Like I would do exactly the same thing again like if it, when it was in 2016 and because i think i don't know because it does so much with with um 
and I really, I really liked it. I have to say, like, some, I think for some people it was hard afterwards. Like, not, not I know of, but I'm pretty sure out of 40 people, there are some that struggle. But for me, it was really um, just very, very positive experience. Please tell me, is there something shocking, interesting, surprising, some secret which you never ever told anybody in public about your Eurovision journey and you can tell it right now? Is there anything like that? There was already the smoking and wine thing before. <laughs> I already gave my secret in the first three minutes. Um, wait, I have to think. Uh, shocking. Hmm. I had clip-in extensions, some. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know that, so that's Just shocking. Make it more, yeah. uh, or something else. Huh. I really don't know. Like, sorry, it's not, not my hair is like super messed up. Um, let me let me think. If there's something really embarrassing that I can entertain you with. Um, hmm. There was something about. No, it wasn't. No, it's not that spectacular. It's just that I remember. <clears throat> walking into the Eurovision cafe and there was security and there was a thing with the dress and then they said they they opened my bag and I'm a very chaotic person at least I was back then and my bag is like a mess and I and I started like a fight with not a fight but we started like having a disagreement about how, how somebody else is like going through my stuff because it was a mess and I was so embarrassed and also I didn't like that somebody was because I was like I can show you I can I can do it but like no 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 you don't do it but that's like not a very interesting story but for me that was like I started like a little this disagreement a little fight with the security person and uh yeah they had trouble afterwards I think I don't know but that's like the most day like the, the but I, that's sorry that's not a very entertaining story I didn't couldn't find anything else but that, that's stuck in my head somehow now it's out there yeah. Bringing lots of cool stories for us, so don't worry about it yeah. at all. Don't worry at all. And the last, and the last final question, because if you want to ask you, people will kill us. Is it possible to, to from Zoe to come back to Eurovision anytime in the future? Mm -hmm. um, I would never say never. Like, but I'm scared of. Not scared, because I have this fond memory of the whole experience, and I actually really happy with my my place and my points and everything, and it's good, you know. But what if the second time I couldn't be in the final, and that would be like the Eurovision journey would like be in a, a bad memory. But damn it, I should have I should have just not done it the second time because it was good the first time. So that's a bit of my one of my. Um, I don't know, thoughts we have. And then of course, yeah, if, if people would be less narrow-minded about a person being a singer at Eurovision and also many, many things, like maybe if I, I would have like already achieved a lot of things in other areas, then I, I think I'd be glad to go again because it was amazing. But I think you need the right song and you need to, and also, I don't know, right now, I wouldn't go in a pink dress with flowers, you know? and I'm scared that people would be like disappointed, like, oh, it's Zoe, oh, she's a mother and she's boring. I'm like, no, I'm, but I'm just not feeling it, you know, it just has to be right. I, I just cannot pretend to be 19 and, because uh, I'm 23 now, I'm super old, no, but because it's just, no, I'm just, no, because <laughs> I changed and, and, and maybe you just have to feel 
it has to be right because I think you could have looked really silly to pretend to be something that you're not and so now I'll be like I mean I would still love to wear a dress but like I would be kind of pretending I think if I would do the same thing because we all have changed and I think all of the contestants from 2016 would have to change if they would go again because like you mature you change your style you change maybe your music and and then I'm just scared of disappointing people and disappointing or disappointing myself and trying to be something that I'm not anymore. So I don't know, but if everything, all of those things would like, I wouldn't care about all of the things. I, I mean, it was a great experience. I would love to be again on such a big stage, but even doing Eurovision concert, concerts and meeting of people who still like remember and can sing along to the song. That's just, I, I'm very glad to do that as well. Cause it's, um, reliving the moment without, uh, I don't know, being judged by so many people on the TV. So it's just like a really nice thing to do as well. I love those Eurovision parties, the hardcore fans. That's, that's always a nice thing, I have to say. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is the end of our material, unfortunately, but it was phenomenal, Zoe, and that's the first episode of YouTube series, Destination Eurovision Memories. Thank you so much for your time. Check what Zoe doing in the free time. Of course, we congratulate you to become a mother. Hope that everything is going very, very fine with your child. And of course, we are waiting for some new music and new projects from you. Hopefully, very, very soon. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Bye-bye, everybody. Hey, hey.